Welcome to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs go from scattered to streamlined in their creative businesses. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, a wife, a mom, and a photographer turned systems educator. Join me every week as we have conversations centered around creating tactical workflows and automations in your business. Now, let's make some strategic workflow magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Systems and Workflow Magic podcast. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, and as always, I am so pumped and so excited you have decided to join me today. Thank you so much. So if you have been here for a while, you should know we are officially in week four of my series called How to Automate the Back End of Your Opt-ins and Offers. And basically, we are covering the various types of puzzle pieces you will need to keep in mind for the back end of streamlining your opt-ins or your offers or even your challenges and or even if you were asked to be a part of a bundle. So these can be used for many different things. So as you put these essentials together in your creative business. Now, I wish everyone could have an integrator in their business because integrators are amazing. But I know that as solo business owners, we have to wear all the hats in the beginning of our business. And I am hoping to also use this series to help encourage all of the creative solo business owners out there. And a reminder that you've got this, we've got this, and I want to in a way, help be an encouraging guide and point you in a very fun direction of putting together these puzzle pieces. So to kickstart off week four's puzzle piece of the series, I'm going to be talking about the importance of creating a nurture sequence. So yes, an email nurture sequence on the back end of your newly created or your newly maybe optimized lead magnet. And I want to invite Amanda Soros back on the podcast again to share her expertise about email marketing and nurture sequences. If you want to listen in on another Amanda Storrs episode, she was on episode 18. And again, I am just so thrilled to have her back on. And if you want to re-listen to that episode or listen to it the first time, um, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, But before we dive into the heart of what the puzzle pieces of a nurture sequence are and why you need to attach them to your lead magnet, your opt-in, I wanted to have Amanda share a little bit about herself, what she does, who she serves, and just why email marketing? Why? I feel like so many people with email marketing, they come and they hear about it and they're like, oh, no, not email marketing. You know, like they look at it like it's this, I don't know, a monster they don't want to tackle. Like one of those things like, okay, I'll handle that one day. But the thing about it is that there are a ton of marketing strategies out there to get your business seen in front of your right audience. But there aren't too many of them that can say for every dollar spent on email marketing, there's $36 of a return on your investment. So I think of it like this. If you were to pull out your phone right now and look at your inbox, you would probably find 15 to 20 emails per day, right? 
Now, let's say that your subscriber is just like you, opening up their inbox. Now, if they go onto social media like Instagram, basically you would be competing with over a thousand people that they're following versus just the 20 that are in an inbox. So think of email marketing as a direct line of communication with your people. I mean, they are your people more than anyone because it's really easy on social media to do a follow unfollow immediately just to try and trick the algorithm to get you all excited and then heartbreak all in the same moment. But I will say this, that with an email marketing strategy, they have to trust you enough to put in their name and their email address. They are taking one step. They're almost giving you their phone number back in the 90s here. This was a big step for you. So they have a direct line of communication with you and you have this opportunity to serve them really well. So I'm Amanda Stores, and I'm a mama of three, and I've been married to my handsome husband for almost 10 years, and we've known each other since elementary school. So anyhow, that's what I do. I just serve business owners through email marketing and show the power of email marketing, but I also serve my family. I didn't realize your husband and you knew each other in elementary (laughs) school. That's adorable. Yes. So like our families knew each other. We grew up in the same church together. Don't tell anyone I totally dated his friends, you know, that kind of thing. But I will say that I feel like God just brought us together. So yeah, we're almost at 10 years next year. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. That's huge. Well, I love that. I just started thinking about Corey and Topanga. I was like, oh, that's like Corey and Topanga. (laughs) Yeah. I have not known each other since elementary school. And we always joke around, like, if we knew each other when we were little, we would not have ended up married to each other because we were very different people back then. That's funny that you say that because I told him if I dated him in high school, we wouldn't be married because I was a totally different person in high school than I am even now. So, Yeah. Yeah, we're always changing. Always changing. Always. Yeah. So I love that fact. I did not know that about you. Awesome. And again, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and uh, being the resident email marketing expert and sharing your love and passion for email marketing. Because you're right, like a lot of people, they don't want to talk about it, or they're just so overwhelmed by it. Yeah. So I'm glad you're here to bring some joy back to email marketing and some just strategies. So I know personally the importance of a good nurture sequence and why it needs to be attached to your opt-in. But can you break down this concept into bite-sized puzzle pieces for the listeners so that they can take actions after this podcast episode? So I know I'm overstating the phrase puzzle pieces for this series because I just want the creative business owners to see like, okay, I have this piece I just learned. How does it attach to this piece? And so this week, the puzzle pieces, as I mentioned, are talking about an opt-in nurture sequence that is attached to the lead magnet they just downloaded, or they want somebody to download. So can you break that down for us? Sure. So let's just walk through from your subscriber's point of view. So let's say they click on your form and they put in their name and email address. And then what you have done on the back end is you are delivering 
your lead magnet to them in their first email. So that means that you're already building trust because you delivered what you promised you would deliver on the form. Then once they open that up, you don't want it to sit on a digital shelf and just collect dust because at that point, you've created this really awesome freebie, but nobody's going to use it. And if they don't use it, they're never going to be inclined to look at your paid offers. So what you're doing between the point of them downloading and the point of them starting a welcome sequence is you are really trying to get them to consume the freebie that you just created. So let's say the first day, within a few minutes after they sign up, they get that delivery and their email or access to the delivery, whether it be a quiz, whether it be a quiz result or a PDF or access to a mini course, whatever it is, you're giving them access. So you're not really making a big deal within this one because you're just like, here's your freebie. Here it is. I hope you love it, that kind of thing. But following that, you are trying to build a relationship with them. You're incorporating your story into your nurture sequence. So you're kind of talking about you a little, but you're making it more about the freebie and why you created it. So one of your emails can be, why did you create this freebie? Who is it for? So you're trying to get them to realize, oh, she or he made this for me. It was made for me so that I can X, Y, and Z in my business. So that's one thing you want them to relate to you. Another email that I put in a nurture sequence, and I I don't know if there are a lot of people that do this, but what you're doing is you're not only creating a relationship with them, but you're trying to also get them to see the value of your freebie and want to share about it with others. Mm -hmm. So I usually have something in there that says, you know, I know how easy it would be to copy and paste this, you know, PDF somewhere. I know that you could just send this to anyone, but if you do, they'll be missing out on the story behind it. And I emphasize that they will want to hear the story. And they will. So what you are doing in this email is you'll say, if you have a friend that could really benefit from this freebie, could you do me a favor? Could you just copy and paste this link? The link is the link to your sign-up form. So they're not sharing a PDF. They're not sharing access to what you created. What they are sharing is the ability for their friends and their audience to sign up for it. So the key to all of this is to create something that other people will want, not something simple necessarily, not something you made in 30 minutes, but something you put a lot of heart and time into because you're serving your audience and that is their first impression of you. Another email that you would put in this nurture sequence could be centered on how other people in your audience, they have used that lead magnet. So you are making them realize that not only have they downloaded it because they saw the value in it, but they have also seen the power used through your own audience. So usually in that email, you would name somebody specific and you are making it very relatable and say, Sarah saw this lead magnet and was overwhelmed with how many pages was in the PDF. So how she did it was she decided to download one page every day at a time. And that's how she was easily able to consume this PDF. Whatever it is, you are breaking it down for them and making them realize that there are a lot 
of ways to use it. It's very versatile. So it does come down to what lead magnet are you creating? And is it good enough to be shared by others? So this nurture sequence does a lot of different things because you are basically telling them how to use it, how others have used it, and how you can share about it with other people. Hey, creative business owner, Dolly here. If you have finally put together that opt-in, you know that lead magnet your ideal client has been begging you for. Now you are excitedly wanting to publish it, but there is one thing holding you back. It's probably the fact that you don't know how to have an effective follow-through system and making sure the back end of your new opt-in or offer is optimized. Stop sweating because the comprehensive checklist you need to ensure that all of your puzzle pieces are in place for your next opt-in, your next offer, or even the next bundle you're a part of is here. Stop letting tech fears hold you back from automating and streamlining the backend of your amazing opt-ins and offers and dive into this free checklist today. Head on over to the show notes to get access to the link. And don't forget, I am cheering you on. I love that. So that sounds like a maybe three to four email sequence. Yes. And does it matter how far apart these emails are spaced out? I would definitely play with it because I believe for mine, I have it spaced out for one day in between each email. So a lot of people, another challenge that they have with email marketing is they get so excited to add emails into a workflow that they forget to put time delays between them. So (laughs) yes, they get so excited. They're like, I'm going to add an email here. I'm going to put four emails in this automation, but they forget that between each of those emails needs to be a delay of one or two days because that means that your subscriber won't get all four of your emails on the same hour. Because it will surely make them unsubscribe and you don't want them to unsubscribe. But then there are also those subscribers who subscribe to, I don't know, like three or four of your opt-ins at the same time. So they are definitely going to get all the emails at once. They are. You can kind of stagger them if you wanted to. Like you could do one that has one, you know, hour time delay or one day time delay. You can stagger them like that. But you really can't control it you know, too much. The only thing I would say is if they are going to sign up for multiple opt-ins and you have multiple automations going on at the same time is to make sure you're not duplicating the emails. That's very Between all of them. Yes. Because I was doing that when I first started email marketing. I'm like, oh, this email is really good. I'm just going to tag that second email. I'm going to make it the same for this opt-in and this opt-in. So then it looks like they're getting the same email. And they're definitely going to get annoyed with this. They're like, I just read this yesterday. Why are they sending it again? That's a really good point. That's something I was also guilty of. And I'm going back now and I'm tweaking each like opt-in sequence to just talk about that opt-in and change the stories a little bit and change up what you're calling like social proof because I have been getting social proof. But I love you all. This is like really good advice because something that I know that as creative business owners, like once we have something that works, like an email, of course we want to use that over and over and over again. 
Right. And it's really easy. I mean, even with like your welcome sequence and things like that, you just think, oh, this is a really good email. I don't want to remake it again. And there's a huge chance that they didn't open it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's a big chance that they had, you know, 20 emails that day, they didn't open it, and it's totally fine. You know, you'll see a lot of unopened emails. But at the same point, you don't want the person that (laughs) did open all of them to come across. Yeah. No, that's really, really good advice. So can I peel this question back even further for you? Sure. I know that you shared like various different types of emails, but let's say you're holding somebody's hand. There's a listener on this podcast and you're like literally holding their hand and you're like, okay, this is what you do. And now this is what you do. Like, I know that there is no tried and true. This is exactly the blueprint you need to use. But let's say somebody is on the other receiving end, they're listening in and they're like, Amanda, I'd rather you just tell me exactly like in the beginning stages for me what to do, because this is overwhelming for me. Email marketing is just so terrifying. So you like laid it out really well. Let's just like take a step back. And so you said the first step is to attach the lead magnet to email number one. So you attach lead magnet to email number one, and you might put one paragraph on the email. I feel like another problem with emails is people feel like they have to put a lot in an email, but people do not have time and they don't care to read a book of an email. So in that first email, you're just attaching your lead magnet or giving a button with a link that gives access to your lead magnet. And remember, each one of these automations has a trigger. So you are trying to say, let's just say you have two different segments of your email list, segment one, segment two. So you want to make sure that when they sign up, that it is going to the correct segment. So basically at the very top, it'll have what's your trigger. And the trigger is what's going to start this automation. Mm -hmm. So once they start it, they'll get that first email and have an attachment in that first email. The other emails after that are not going to have your attachment in it unless you want to just remind them, hey, here's your access again. Because like I said, some people read their emails every day, some don't. So trigger, first email, time delay is next. So you would put day one or just put one day in between that first email and your second email. Then you'll go into your second email. And like I said, that can be for who was this created for? And then you'll do another time delay of another day in between. And then you would make sure that you are telling them how they could share about it. And then another time delay. So it's making sure that you have your emails, have those time delays in between so that they're not bombarded with too many of your emails at one time. Okay, this is great. Thank you so much for breaking it down even more, Amanda. I mean, because like, obviously, like, you know, this, and I'm learning about this too. remember, in the beginning of our own business journey, we're probably like, what does this all mean? Like, I feel like I was researching a lot in Facebook groups. Yeah, sometimes they hit the nail on the head. And then sometimes I would have to look through 20 comments to find it. Yeah. So I totally understand the struggle of it. But once you understand it, and if you're on a really simple platform to begin with, It makes it less intimidating because I tried several different platforms when I was first starting out, and it's very intimidating to be on a platform that is very, very detailed. 
I mean, in the beginning, all you need is a very simple platform. Like Dolly and I, we use Flowdesk. It's a very simple platform to get started on. And it's just easy to understand. It's beautiful. It's on brand. And once you get in there, I don't want you to focus on, you know, setting up all these automations. It can get crazy up in there. You don't need that. The first thing you need is just to set up this really short and sweet nurture sequence. This can be your first automation and you can test it on yourself. Send Test yeah. that form on yourself. Yeah. I said test it on your grandma because like yeah. or your mom or your mother-in-law might be the only one following you at this time. Have them test it out and they'll let you know. I mean, I had 350 people on my email list for about five years. I was not making any growth and I didn't see the value in it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those people were friends and family and I was definitely testing it on them. I tested on my husband all the time. He subscribed yes. to my letters. I do that with my husband too. He's like, Dolly, it's a little, a little overwhelming. And then he says something like, when he unsubscribes, I'm like, why did you unsubscribe from me? Why would you do that to me? I feel betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> this is a random story for those of you who are listening. If you need a good laugh, my husband got to a point where he made a fake account for, at the time we had a cat. She's no longer with us. She's over the rainbow bridge or whatever you want to call it. But anyways, he made a fake account for her to test all the emails because he was sick of like getting everything. So tell me what the email was. Now I'm just curious. You know, like in the beginning, this was like three or four years ago. And so I was just like literally testing everything out because I had just learned about email marketing myself. I can't even remember, but I just remember he made an account for our cat named Bella. So I was sending emails to Bella. Oh, that's really cute. So funny. But yeah. If only they had little profile pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the things our husbands do for us. I'm like. (laughs) You do what you got to (laughs) do. Exactly. But you learn through this process and you learn. Like, I know you didn't say this, but I know you're leading this, the value of consistency, Mm -hmm. but also the value of just testing and seeing what sticks. And then if there is an email that is working, don't duplicate it, like work around it and make it compatible to whatever new lead magnet you've created or a similar lead magnet. And after you've been there a while, you can go back and look at your analytics. You can see which one has a better click-through rate, which one gets more replies. Yeah. I have one email in my welcome sequence that I can bet money that there's going to be someone who replies to it because it was like that, oh, my word, she's talking to me kind of email. Yes. And when you get those, you're like, okay, I'm keeping this. But then if you see there's an email that there's a lot of unsubscribes, you're like, maybe that wasn't relevant Mm -hmm. to my offer. Maybe it wasn't relevant to the freebie or to them. So maybe I need to change this. So you are going to be continually tweaking. So you can't expect perfection in the beginning. Yeah. What you can hope for is consistency and sending out newsletters. That's a really simple way of starting. Like yeah. you were saying. Well, let me ask you this. I already know the answer to this, but I wanted you to remind everyone of this because sometimes it's good to hear it coming from somebody else, like an email marketing expert's mouth and not just your annoying Workflow and systems, the pregnant lady across the phone. <laughs> oh, you are, you're awesome. But uh, if you can remind everyone, like, okay, so after they send 
you send them through a consumption sequence. So somebody, the puzzle pieces, they downloaded your puzzle piece of your lead magnet, like we spoke about a few weeks ago, what a lead magnet is. And then they're now opting in to receive a nurture sequence from you. Okay, so what happens after that very last email? Like, is that it? Or should you segment them into a weekly newsletter? Like, what do you suggest? So for mine, and keep in mind that I have a lot of emails that are created at this point. So you can't expect to have, you know, a plethora of emails to work from. But for mine, I usually do a consumption sequence of that freebie. So just talking about freebie, making them use it. And then I lead into a welcome sequence. And the welcome sequence is usually six to eight emails. And that's where they get to know me and who I serve. So it's more about my business. It's more about testimonials. It's more about pointing them towards, you know, the things that I do on an everyday basis, getting them to get to know me. So I'm telling them even, you know, a quick story about my family or something like that so they can relate to who I am. Yeah. And that sequence is a whole different beast. But yes, that would be the next one I would go into because you're gradually gaining trust. And actually, there's a lot of different sequences that back up to one another. Mm-hmm. And once you get more established with your email sequences, then you're like, you know what? I think I have a really good offer. I could add a sales sequence to my welcome sequence. So it's just about dipping your toes in with this very first nurture sequence. And after you dip your toes in, then you get the email marketing bug and you're like, I can see the power of this. I can yeah. see that I don't have to launch so often. I can make this an evergreen marketing deal. So it's basically marketing for me in the back end without much of my effort once I set it up from the beginning. I don't have to do as much of the launch and depend on that launch as often because you'll be getting a trickle of sales throughout the year if you do take the time to set up these sequences correctly. I love it. So this is more of an advanced for sure, like more intermediate to advanced. So like this is my frame of mind and I wonder what your frame of mind is. Would you recommend that a person after that like very simple freebie nurture sequence or consumption sequence, whatever you want to call it of that freebie, would you recommend that they then funnel those people into or subscribers into a weekly or biweekly newsletter that you send out? It depends on how many sequences they have set up. So if you have nurture, welcome, sales sequence set up, filter them through those first and then start with your newsletter. Mm -hmm. Because by the time they get to your newsletter, they have already decided or decided not to have your offer and buy your offer. So the newsletter is more of like staying top of mind But they have already run through all of your offers from the beginning, and maybe they just need more time to get to know you. So newsletter is really good for like after sales sequence, after they've already gotten familiar with your offers, your platforms, you, all those things. By the time they get to a newsletter, that's just the staying top of mind. And even in your newsletter, you're doing a PS at the bottom, hey, would you like access to my webinar, aka leading to my offer. Hey, are you ready to get started linking to your offer? So you're still 
making your offers trickled in, but they're not the focus once they get to a newsletter. Calling all creatives. If you have an amazing opt-in, offer, and or you have been asked to be a part of a bundle with other creatives, which by the way is oh so awesome, but you feel stuck because you don't know what steps to take to automate, optimize, and streamline the back end of said opt-in offer or bundle offer, then listen up. You don't have to hire an integrator because I have created a step-by-step -step mini course to guide you through the process of putting together the puzzle pieces you will need in order to lay the groundwork of this back-end process. I have created the How to Automate the Back-End of Your Opt-ins and Offers mini course because as a systems and workflow educator for creatives, I want to help you succeed as a small business owner. And I really want you to feel confident in your systems. After listening to the podcast, don't forget to head on over to the show notes and click on the link for an in-depth look at what this mini course entails. As always, stay magical with those systems, you amazing muggle you. I gotcha, I gotcha, that's really good. So something that I do, and I'm like, maybe I might revisit, like revamp my sequences is from my freebies or opt-ins, lead magnets, whatever you want to call them. I'm going to call them lead magnets. I usually have like a five email consumption sequence because I really want people to see the value of this free. Like I put a lot of work into my freebies. And so yes. I, I want them to experience a win. And then as soon as they're done with that five-part email series, which is normally in a span of two weeks, then they are funneled into my weekly newsletter. Okay. Yeah. But I really do like the idea because, again, it's all testing. It is. We're just testing everything out. I really like the idea of a welcome sequence after. Yeah. Because the first consumption sequence, you're only talking about your freebie, but they don't know anything about you yet, really. So the welcome sequence right behind is really cool because you can really invite them into your world and you make them the hero of your welcome sequence. You make yes. them feel like, oh my word, I understand this person. Like they get me, you know, that's the power of copywriting. That's the power of messaging. Mm -hmm. And Once you go into that welcome sequence, then you can lead into that sales sequence because now they have already, you know, gotten to know you. They know whether or not they can trust you. Yes. So you can gently lead them into that. But yeah, it's a lot of tweaking. It's a lot of testing. You know, a lot of audiences, they would say like, no, I'm just going to do newsletters. It's a lot easier to do newsletters. And it is because you're already creating that content. You can pop it into an email. Mm -hmm. It does take more effort to set up the email funnels in the beginning. But once you have them set up, they're doing the work for you. Mm -hmm. so by the time you do launch, you already have a wait list of people ready because you have taken the time to prepare your audience well, and they already know that your offer is there. Yeah, I love this so much. So if you are listening, Amanda just dropped like two very different types of nurture sequences, actually three. But if you are just now starting out with learning about the puzzle piece of a consumption sequence from a lead magnet, then I would recommend keeping it as simple as possible. Don't complicate it for yourself 
And then once you get down those four to five emails and you feel like you are consistently, I think you're consistently emailing your list, even if it's 20 people, even if it's 10 people, like being consistent. And once you get more confident in your email marketing, then I say add the welcome sequence, attach that to the consumption sequence. And then once you feel comfortable with that, then once you have an actual product to sell, you may be starting, you may not even know what you want to sell. You may have a service, but you may not have a product or a digital product. Or let's say you don't want to create a digital product, but you don't know how to just talk about your services yet. That's okay. Like that is okay. Start off small. And the key is, is just dipping your toes in because what you have to remember, and I feel like everyone looks at a number when they think about their subscribers. So like, oh, I only have 15. I only have 20. They say something like I only have. And what they're not realizing that if you put 20 people in a room, that's a lot of people sitting on you. You know, I mean, that's a lot of people. And you have to remember behind every email address is a person with a story and you have this opportunity to get to know them and they have this opportunity to get to know you. So you can't look at emails as like a number and you can't look at them as, you know, your email address from 1995 when you first set up your emails. You can't look at it like that. You have to look at it like these are people. And when you finally, I believe one of my welcome sequences has a reply to me button on it. When you finally get someone to reply to you, you're like, wow, I did not realize there were people reading this. And then when they do, you're like, yes, okay, yes. It's worth it. And if you need to put that reply to me email in your welcome sequence, do it. Because it's a reminder for yourself that there are real people with real stories that are reading what you're offering. Yeah. And I just want to say to everyone, like sometimes a very small percentage of people will reply back and be just like mean and nasty. But majority of the time, I've gotten really, really good responses. And really, I don't know, I only share that because something really funny happened several months ago, where I had shared a story about my family on an email. And then I led into like, the podcast episode and somebody responded back, I didn't sign up for your emails, learn about your kids. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So it made me laugh. It actually made me laugh. I was like, okay. I was just sharing a little piece. It was really funny. So I think you start developing like either thick skin or like just skin to like laugh about things. I mean, if you welcome sequence, your nurture sequence, you will have people that drop off because they're like, I don't want emails every day. Yeah. But you can also specify in that first email, yeah. hey, I'm going to email you every day for a week and then I'm going to spread them out. Yeah. So you can specify, because I had somebody email me with a nasty gram email and they said, hey, you're crowding up my inbox. And I, so I replied and I said, thank you so much for communicating with me. Let me explain how many emails you're going to get consistently. And then I'm going to spread them out and you're going to get amazing content because this is what you have to look forward to. But if you want to go ahead and unsubscribe, do it because I really want to make sure I'm not crowding that inbox because I, I know how annoying that can be. Yeah. And you just call it out. You're very professional, but you will have to have those people that they only reply negativity, but most of the time they don't. Most of the time they are excited and they want to reply because they feel like you gave them an aha moment of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Or you even might get like, if you have a call to action in one of your emails, like 
follow me at my podcast or follow me on my Instagram, you might get new DMs in your Instagram about an excited subscriber. And so, yes, it's worth it just like to get to know those people, not to look at them as a, an email, but as a person. And you start developing relationships with them and getting to know them. It's a lot of fun, for sure. Okay, so Amanda, can you tell the audience then a little bit more about why, one, why you love email marketing? You alluded to that a little bit, but there's something happening this week. And I know you're going to be speaking more about email marketing and I want you to talk about just like what's happening this week and how can creative business owners learn more from you? So this week, there's going to be a bundle. It's called the Marketing Business Bundle. And Dolly is a part of it. But basically, all of these amazing entrepreneurs came together. And I wanted to focus on marketing because I feel like that is just this elephant in the room a lot of times. And it doesn't have to be. And you can skip the line when it comes to learning how to market your business well. Instead of having to watch a million reels to try and figure it out and piece it together, all these entrepreneurs are coming together from a lot of different points of marketing in this business bundle. And basically, it's going to be $99 for over $1,000 worth of profit and value. And so it's really cool because if you were to individually price out all of these, that's, that's like, whoa, I would never buy all of that, right? But if it's that discounted price, it's really cool because you're basically learning from the best people who are consistently marketing their business as well. And it's not about just marketing, but marketing well, using your time well. So you might as well just skip the line and learn how to market from people who are doing it amazing in their business. So the marketing business bundle is going to be awesome. And there's over 15 contributors. So you basically buy the bundle and then you get access to everything and you can just have a downloading party. And sequences. Yes, yes. It's, you just have this amazing downloading party and you get to know all these contributors and it's just an amazing opportunity. So I love it. I'm really excited about it. And I was telling Dolly, there is a lot of technology involved with the bundle. So that that is a beast, but it is definitely worth it in the end. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited and I'm excited that you invited me to be a part of it. Thank you again. It's an honor to be in that group of such great contributors. But for Amanda's bundle, I created a private podcast that goes alongside the product that I am contributing. And so if you like listening to podcasts, like right now you're listening to a podcast. So I'm, I'm assuming you like audio learning. So for this product that I'm offering, you have the option to listen and learn and not just have to sit in front of a computer and consume. That's awesome. I'm actually doing that too, like an audio workshop, not for my specific thing, but I will say that I'm doing the audio workshops because I realized that even while you're walking down the road or picking up kids from school or whatever, yeah. that audio is such a powerful way of learning. Yeah. I just love when I drive, I drive a lot. I'm sure you do like with pickups and drop-offs for your kids. I only have well, right now I have one kid. I'm about to have two, but I am constantly just driving with my son. So we listen to podcasts together and he actually really enjoys listening to business podcasts with me. And I'm like, he's going to be an entrepreneur one day. He's going to take care of you. 
No, I'm like, are you going to be an entrepreneur or a cage fighter? One of those two. <laughs> no. yeah. I wonder that about my son too. Yes. I definitely do. So who knows? Who knows? Come back to me at like, I don't know, in 20 years, we'll find out the story of Blaze. So, but he also enjoys listening to audio and he has his favorite podcast that he will request, which is really funny. So yeah, you just, you just never know like what type of learner you are. I don't know. You just have to really lean into that. And I have discovered, I love learning on the go. That's awesome love consuming on the go. So Amanda, thank you so much. I will be sure to link that bundle in the show notes. And do you mind sharing how people can get to know you, follow you, where to find you, all that fun stuff? Sure. So on TikTok and Instagram, it's Amanda.stores. And it's stores like you're going to the mall and looking at all the stores because everyone always says, I don't know how to spell that. It's literally (laughs) S-T-O-R-E-S. They're like stores, like I don't know. Anyway, Amanda.stores. And if you want to direct message me, I love getting them. I love voice messages. And you'll probably hear babies in the background if you do. Oh, that's okay. No judgment for me. My kids usually screaming in the background about something. So I totally get it. Amanda, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come out today. And can I just like add one more thing that I, I realized we forgot to talk about this? Yeah. Like this is something that I've been trying to hit on every week, just the importance of this. But from a legal perspective, make sure, I don't know where you put this. I usually put this on my landing page, but when you are giving a person an option to opt into your newsletter, make sure to have a terms and condition and a privacy policy at the bottom of your landing page. Only because like if you are brand new to email marketing and just like building out your email list, just make sure that you are doing it along the lines of GDPR compliance. I'm sure you can explain it way better than me since you're an email marketing expert, but how do you explain it to your students, Amanda? Because I know you you teach on this a lot. So basically with that, you are just trying to make sure that they understand that when they're putting the name and email address in that they are agreeing to be on your email list and receive emails. So you need to make sure that you, and I have the terms and conditions privacy policy deal on mine too, but basically you need to make sure that they are given a choice to sign up. In some countries, we are supposed to have a double opt-in. So basically they have to put their name and email address, that's opt-in one, and then they receive an email that says, do you want to receive emails from this person? Verify your email address. And they would click on that. And that's a double opt-in. So they're agreeing two times. The thing about double opt-ins, if you don't have to use them, I wouldn't because it's harder to convert. Because if they never click that one email and they never click that one button, you cannot send them emails after. So if you are in a country that does require that, then you need to go ahead and put your double opt-in. But for that, the key is to give them a choice. Don't assume that they want to be on there. Do not repeat after me. Do not take all of your contacts from your Gmail and put them on your email list because you want to see a higher number on there. They don't have to be on there, right? We all have done that. Okay. We have all done that. Do not assume that if you're in a CRM and a customer uh, relation management system, if you're, don't assume that all your friends 
from their businesses want to be on your account yeah. and on your email list because they don't. Yeah. They did not sign up for it. So the key is give your subscriber a choice to be there. Yeah. And that's what your lead magnet is for. They are choosing to, oh, I want that lead magnet. So give them an option to opt in. So I was just thinking through, I was like, we didn't talk about this. And I, I've been trying to hit up on the importance of just the legal side of every puzzle piece. And so I'm so glad you explained that even more because I'm sure every week somebody's like, what is Dolly talking about? So I'm glad you, again, you spoke about it in very simplistic terms, which is easy to understand. Thank you so much, Amanda. And for those of you who are listening, again, I will include resources for the legal page. She is a lawyer who helps serve creative business owners with templates and legal advice. And so I will include a link to her website in the show notes. You can check that out and check out her terms and conditions and privacy policy, all that fun stuff, all the things that I'm probably butchering right now, but you guys, it's really important to add to these (laughs) different puzzle pieces. Okay. So awesome. Thank you so much again, Amanda. I really, really value just like what you're doing. I've loved watching you grow as an entrepreneur in the last several years. And so I'm excited to see where this bundle will take you this week. I'm very excited for you. Well, I'm thankful that you're part of it. And thank you so much for having me on today. Of course, of course. And thank you again, everyone, for listening in. And I hope that listening to this puzzle piece of email marketing is giving you a little bit more clarity about what puzzle pieces you need to work on on the back end of your opt-ins, challenges, your offers. And I will talk to you next week about puzzle piece number five. Until then, I hope you have a magical and streamlined week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. You can find full show notes from today's episode at dollydelongphotography.com forward slash podcast. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Be sure to screenshot this episode, share it to your stories, and tag me at Dolly DeLong Education over on Instagram. Until next time, go make some strategic workflow magic.